Father in heaven, be with us in this moment. We are going to be dealing with this sensitive topic for our Western society and help us to work out because, Father, we want to fulfill your mission and be with us in this topic in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me... Um, probably we are going to be using some of biblical references in the future and when we were doing some kind of comparison in between the Quran and, in, and the Bible. And um, till today, what we were doing is a kind of, what I would say, introduction, general introduction about this topic. But I am not um, away from the eyes of the mission that we need to fulfill. And even though it is dangerous, um, I will share today something regarding the topic of the mission from the beginning in order that you might have an idea how we might be able to be working with this kind of, of situation. Probably tomorrow and Friday in the morning, I'm going to be um, sharing with you several points of view of technicians or, or technical staff regarding ideas regarding the mission um, because it's risky, by the way. If you are going to be dealing with, um, with um, the Muslim society in general as a Christian, you need to be very careful because you are in a, an enemy uh, territory, land, and, and you, your, your life is at stake. So um, in several places, by the way, we were um, with, uh, with that kind of stuff. Let me share with you something that you are going to find in your Bibles, in Matthew 28. Matthew 28. The Bible says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, says uh, verse 19. All nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Please, remember something here. There is a command, and there is a, a promise together with the command. It's not only the command to go and teach, but also it's the promise that heaven is going to be with us. But we need to be very alert and very sensitive because sometimes these people is violent. And we were exploring in the presentation of yesterday and probably today, I'm going to repeat um, because you are going to find in the Quran and in the Hadiths, that violence is part of the, of the main teaching of them. Violence is, is part of that. Because the jihad is the way in which they are going to pursue the target. The jihad for them is our perception of this. This go to the world, that is the way in which they are performing jihad. 
Because this is the way in which they get submission from the people. You understand what I'm saying? So that, that, that is the problem sometimes. So how we are going to be dealing with? I'm going to give you a hint today, and I'm going to give you a description of something that happened, not in, um, not in, in Africa or the Middle East or, or in Indonesia. Probably Indonesia is the biggest Muslim country in the world. And by the way, we have, um, we have here in Michigan an Indonesian church. And I was surprised when I, I've been with them when they performed the, the prayers. You know, you are trying to catch up some words sometimes, you know. And uh, you know how the Indonesian call God? Allah. So that is the name in that language. So we, we need to be very sensitive about that, how we are going to be dealing with, with this, because sometimes in certain languages that were colonized with a Muslim background, the name of the Lord has been distorted or adapted um, with the Muslim background, you know? But we are going to be talking uh, about today, and you are going to get an idea about the topic. But mission is something that we need to perform. But we need to be careful and sensitive according to the needs of the mission that we need to fulfill. I do remember one, um, one incident that happened when I was teaching theology in, uh, in Colombia several years ago, and some of the teachers, some of, excuse me, students uh, were sent to an area in the um, suburban um, neighborhoods of Medellin. I, I've been working in Colombia in the times of uh, Pablo Escobar Gaviria. I don't know if uh, this is ringing a bell in your ears, yours. Um, he was um, 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 kind of capo of a mafia, of the narco mafia in Colombia. Probably the king of that in that country. Okay? Um, he sometimes entered into the um, uh, cartels of, of cartel of, cartel is, is the institution that he was ruling. And there were areas in the city in which you see almost beautiful towers, buildings, and all of them were built with the money of the drugs. And, and let me tell you something. There were some people looking for how to escape from, from that. And, um, and I remember one once with my wife, there was a lady that came to our institution and request Bible studies at home. So with Lira, we went. And we entered in that, in that place. And in a nine level of a beautiful building, we entered into um, a house with a luxury that I never seen in any other place. <laughs> in any other place, you know? And, uh, and, and I say to Lyra, well, we are entering here in a, in a very delicate uh, situation. 
But the wife was very transparent with us. They want to, they want to take out the, the daughter, and they send the daughter into another uh, college in South America, uh, in another country. And of course, when they went there, um, the treasurer approached to me and said, Daniel, who, who is these people? The treasurer come to me and said, who, who is Daniel, these people? And I say, why? Why you ask me? Because I, I told them from the beginning, and you know, I was, uh, um, when, 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 you, when you are telling about money, and they say, how much is the year? And you say, well, it's, it's about, and, and I was bubbling the words, um, about $10,000. Daniel, they put the, the hand in the pocket, and they put the 10000 over the table. So tell me, who is these people? I say, well, let me tell you something. If you believe it or not, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. They're, they're from this neighbor country, and, um, but I am beginning to describe what I saw. And he said, hmm, I guess I have the same suspicious mind of you. I say, well, this is the kind of people. Okay, one day, Saturday, our students enter into one of those neighborhoods, and a couple of guerrillas stop them. Stop them. What? Who are you guys? You know, in, in a suburban area, when you see um, just casual, well-dressed, student, young, with a Bible in the hand, uh, very well calm, very well-dressed, you know, um, and, and some of our students even use a little bit of perfume because, you know, they are in the time in which they use that kind of, 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 of things. And, um, and they began to explain what they were doing. They say, go out from this place. Next time we see you here, we're going to kill you. So next Friday night, they were in tension because Sabbath changed the perception. They were going to fulfill the mission or not. So even they tell me that when they went to the, to the restroom, they, they say, well, probably this is maybe the last time we are going to visit the restroom because we don't know if tomorrow we are going to be alive. Uh, that, that, that was the kind of reflection in which they were. And we were in a discussion with, an, with, with one of the leading professors. Well, the leading professors, the, 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 the chief. And he said, look, Pastor, here in Colombia, we don't care about that. If, if somebody is going to be killed, we are going to send another missionary. And if it's killed, another missionary. And if they kill, another missionary. I say, hey, look. Um, <laughs> let me ask you something. The parents that are sending the kids here, they, they share your philosophy? Did they share that philosophy? And, you know, there were, it was almost public because we were in the Vespers, the Vesper finished, and we were talking to each other, and there were a lot of theological students that came up and surrounded them, 
Because in my philosophy, the Bible very clearly says that when you enter into a place and you are not welcome, what, what Jesus says? And you go out. So that text, that text was like the was like a Vatican, a Pope text coming, you know, to the so after after the discussion finished, the students came, Pastor, could you could you give me the text please? Well, where, 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 could you could you share with me the text, you know? Uh, uh, so what is how we are going to deal with place, places in which when we are going in, our life is in danger. Uh, let me put it here, and, and this is from the afternoon. Um, and here. So this is one, and probably I say tomorrow and Friday, we are going to be dealing with that. Suppose that this is the place that you want, and, and your charge and, and safe place is here, and you want to fulfill Matthew. Matthew commandment. The command of mission. Okay? Here. And you are going to know that this is a very difficult place to be. Well, there is, and this is, this is the, I will say, in the nutshell, this is the essence of my theory. At some point, these people, one by one, they are going to be out in another environment, neutral environment. And you can get them here, outside. And you can teach them. And now they, when they were, are going to get back here. Now they are going to be missionaries here. So you are going to get them in a safe place, and they are going to be sent back to their own culture. Why? Because, like, like here, uh, you are very kind people, but sometimes you say, who is this crazy kind of linguistic English that I am listening? And sometimes you might be able to avoid an obvious questions that is coming, and I get used to, where are you from? So when, when somebody says to me, where are you from? I immediately say to Lira, well, maybe I did say something wrong. And, and it's, it's obvious. Why? Dressing, posture, gestures, style, and language. So when you are in the middle of a society, you are going to be detected by all these elements in the checklist. But when you are here, you live and you have all these checklists. You have the language. You have the accent. You know the society. You know the religion. You know the people. The people know you, and there is a relationship of confidence. So when you are performing here the mission with the target that they are going to get back into that, 
then you are going to be safe. He's going to be safe. Because in certain sense, he's one of them. And he is going to find out the way in which the culture is going to be acceptable for the other. So he, he knows the good things that he might be able to share. And he knows the other things that he needs to avoid to make a clash or get opposition to the other. You understand? Probably... Um, Today's mission is oriented into the second generation uh, of Muslims that are that are here. That are here. The second generation abroad, I will say. They speak the language and they can perform this. So my theory, my theory that we were using in other places in South America is this kind of theory. But we are going to be discussing this Friday in the morning, and we are going to be dealing with each one of them, because there are several things. It's not only the linguistics. Remember something, Quran or the Quran for the Muslims in general is only acceptable in their own language, in Arabic. All the others is a kind of interpretation. So we need to get someone that speak the language. And when you get someone that speaks the language, you are going to provide a nurture in their own language because they are reading, understanding the text, and the variance of the meaning of that. So it is important what I'm saying regarding that, you know? So let's, let's go to something here, and we are going to be approaching to the topic today. These are the five pillars um, of the faith. Um, that is the Shahada. There is no other God than Allah and Muhammad, his prophet. Um, this is something quite interesting, isn't it? Because this is an affirmation of faith that starts with a negative. <clears throat> Do you catch up that? There is no other God than Allah and Muhammad, his prophet. It didn't say Allah is God and Muhammad is prophet. It starts with a negative, even in Arabic. Take caution of that. It's this just to put an attention into the topic. Because normally, an affirmative of confession of faith do not start with a negative. Normally, you know. But it's, it's quite, quite interesting about that. Okay, Salat is a prayer. We were explaining about the five prayers and, and charity and, fast, uh, and fasting. And, and the pilgrimage in Kahaba. I, I've, been, I've been searching about this, and, um, and the, the pilgrimage to, excuse me, to Mecca, um, I've been asking myself, why? Why the pilgrimage into that? Okay, there is a background, and this is a, a very sensitive 
background regarding the Ah, that is the pilgrimage that every single Muslims have to perform once at least, once in the life to the city of Mecca. And the point, the point is that in the city of Mecca, there is a center in which they go, that is the Kaaba. The Kaaba. And the Kaaba means the cube in, uh, in Arabic, refers to the, the place or the building that is the center of the most and sacred, important mosque of the Muslims. But when you dig in, you are going to discover that the Kaaba, or inside the building of the Ka where the Kaaba is, that is called the house of the Lord, the Bayat Allah, the house of the Lord, and is the equivalent of the, uh, the most holy place for the Jewish religion in the tabernacle, that is for them the equivalent of that, you know? And, um, but this is something that was for years before Muhammad. For years before Muhammad. And when you are dealing with that, you say, wow, how is that? How is possible? So when, when you begin to search into that, you are going to be dealing with elements of the pre-Islamic culture. And the pre-Islamic culture in the Arabic Peninsula is going to tell you and give you a, a lot of information that is quite, quite interesting. Every single year, every single year is about of more than 1,300,000 people visiting that place. And that place, the permanent inhabitants or residents, about 63,375 uh, people. I, I, I'm not going to enter into the description of the place. You need to be a, a Mohammedan or a, a Muslim to enter into, into that place. And if you are a member of the, um, what I will say, um, um, if you are a diplomatic, in the area, um, once a year before the starting of the Ramadan, um, they invite a, a selected group of diplomats that might be able to come and enter. You know, like uh, like in the case of of the Mormons with the tabernacles, um, you can enter um, into the the chapels, but you cannot enter into the temples. And, um, and I enter into the temple, and some people ask me, are you a former Mormon? I say, no, I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I enter when they uh, build one of the temples in South America, and 15 days before inauguration, they were open for 10 days, and I enter. So there I knew the places. And, um, and for me, by the way, there are uh, quite interesting um, correlation in between the Muslims and, and, the, and the Mormons. Um, because uh, you are going to find out a fascinating 
uh, relationship. I'm going to show you in the future days about, about that. Um, according to the um, hadith of uh, Sahib al-Bukhari, that th this is the hadith. By the way, how many of you, this is the first time you are here? How many of you? Please. The, the first time here today in the week? Oh, okay. Okay. Let me do a kind of clarification. Hadith is a tradition. It's a verbal tradition of Muhammad. Okay? And this is for them so authoritative, like the Quran, sometimes more. So the Quran and the Hadith are the most uh, fundamental elements of authority. And uh, the Hadith of Sahih al-Bukhari, that is this one, states that Kaaba was the first mosque on earth. And this, the second mosque, um, was the second important mosque, is the temple of, in Jerusalem, the mosque. Uh, in Jerusalem. You know, there is no Jewish temple any longer. And what you see in the, in the pictures of Jerusalem is a mosque. You can imagine what is the feeling inside the, a Jewish heart then? So um, it's, it's a lot of tension. We're, we're going to give you a moment after the. I just how to spell Kaaba. A what? Kaaba. How do you spell Kaaba? It's K A A A B A. Yeah, Kaaba. And, um, and you are going to find out a fascinated uh, information about, uh, regarding the Kaaba. But the, the other thing that is interesting is the fact that um, there is information um, from Edward Gibbons in, in, the, in the book Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, in volume 5, page um, twenty. 223, that the, the Kaaba was from a lot time before Muhammad. And that, that place was worshipped and was the center of polytheistic religion before Mohammedans. And it's interesting also to find that when um, after a fight, and, and Mohammed entered into, the, into that temple, there were about 360 deities that were worshipped. And among them, there were, there were the faces of the images of Mary and Jesus. Quite interesting, isn't it? And uh, there is a hadith that says that um, the, the prophet says not to blot out, not to erase those. So it's quite interesting to know about that. It, this, is, this is something that um, called my attention because uh, it's good to share and to know about these things. Let's go to the Quran. And um, this is the essential book of the Islam. The picture shows one old version of the Quran, and, um, and, and, and the Quran is divided in chapters called shuras, and, um, and they call the Quran the noble uh, Quran, and every single shura or chapter starts 
in the name of Allah, the most beneficent and the most merciful. All of them, except one. And we are going, I guess, before the end of today, I'm going to be uh, dealing with that shura um, that is the shura of abrogation. And that shura do not start in the name of Allah, the most beneficent and the most merciful. Those, um, those words are a kind of, what I will say, linguistic rhetoric, because um, it's a kind of shield behind which it is the jihad and the extortion and the submission by power. And one of the things that call my attention is that uh, there is a hadith, and I shared that with you, I guess, yesterday. Um, and this is a saying of the Muhammad. Uh, this, is, this is the collection of the, of the hadith. Let me tell you something. This is the Sahih al-Bukhari. It's one of about six, seven, maybe, um, uh, hadiths. The hadith is the collection of the tradition of the words and teaching of Muhammad. So it's a kind of verbal tradition. I, how many of you are familiar with, uh, with, um, um, with Mormonism? Okay. I know you were. <laughs> well, there is a book about called Teachings of Joseph Smith, okay? And in teaching of Joseph Smith, it's a kind of, of um, what I will say, traditions inside the Mormons. And um, I, I had yesterday somebody that said that it was like um, Ellen G. White for the Seventh-day Adventist. I, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I, I dispute that uh, in my point of view. You might think that way, um, of course, but I, I don't see um, that way. Why? Let me tell you why. And, and I'm going to work a comparison here. When you have, when you have a hadith, the hadith uh, sometimes supersedes the Quran. You understand what I'm saying? Um, there, sometimes there are holes or silences in the Quran regarding certain topics, but the, then the hadith is becoming to be authoritative. When we, we do have the 28 fundamental beliefs, and the 28 fundamental beliefs in Seventh-day Adventist Church are based upon what? Only the Bible. Only the Bible. Does Ellen G. White supersedes with their writings what the Bible says? It's very clear. Very clear regarding that. Selected messages is very clear. This is a, a lower light that is, you know, helping to a bigger light. And that is, that is a reflection of Ellen G. White. So, in, in, the, in the writings of Ellen G. White, that is not the kind of view regarding this topic. But that, is, that is my reaction 
regarding this topic. Here, sometimes the hadith, the hadith remembers something. Uh, and I say uh, this from the beginning. Islam is a regime. It's a regime. Islam is a theocracy. So government respond to the Quran. All the laws respond to the Quran. All the government respond to the Quran. All the police department responds to the Quran. All the established society respond to the Quran. So when, when we ask if the Muslims is a charge like any other charge, it is not. Because it's a theocracy. It's a, a society, an entire civil body governed by the religion view of the Quran and the Hadith. And that is very important because the judicial uh, critical establishment of those societies are ruled by this. Let me tell you that is uh, very, very, very challenging. And that is, that is the emphasis in which I've been uh, putting yesterday that we need to defend and try to share the vision of religious freedom in the world. So when the time comes in which we are dealing with um, Liberty Magazine, that is one of the instruments of that, um, let me tell you that, that that is very important because there are governments in which, in which you are um, going to be asked um, about your religion, your faith. Um, I was born in Uruguay, and, um, and at some point I moved into Argentina. Argentina has, and that is, this is the country of my wife, um, Argentina, they do have a records of denomination. So when I enter for the first time officially into Argentina, they ask me my name, what is going to be my address, and so on. And I was astonishing, surprised when they asked me, what is your religion? Because I'm going to be living in the country. And I say, Seventh-day Adventist. And the, and the lady that was typing stopped and said, what is that? <laughs> what is that? I, I, immediately, I noticed something. The same thing that you the, she never heard about seven day Adventists. So, but I discovered that day something quite interesting. That in our name, you have a living testimony of your faith. Because I told her that we call ourselves Adventists because we believe in the second coming of the Lord Jesus. And that meanwhile we wait the second coming of the Lord Jesus, we keep a forgotten commandment that is the Sabbath. Oh, interesting. And she continued with the question. <laughs> Karen. Could you go back one slide while you're talking to us so I can write it out? And I'd like to add that I heard years Here? Ago, yes. I was told years ago at camp meeting by somebody that I admired, uh, an instructor, that when people ask us who we are, we should say Seventh-day Adventist Christians because they usually associate us with Jews. <clears throat> so 
<laughs> well, in the in the moment in which um, uh, Yvonne, in the moment that you explain and you say that you believe in Jesus, in the second coming of the Lord Jesus, uh, this is automatically discarding any other um, Jewish background. Um, besides the point, besides the point, we need to understand something. Jesus was a Jewish background person, and that is quite interesting. Katrina, the hurricane, no, Katrina. On the part of um, where it has Muhammad, I noticed there's two different spellings. There's one of them uh, Arabic, and then the other one's Muhammad. The Muhammad was spelled different in different areas on there. That's that's my problem. That's my problem because 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 you are going to get both sometimes. Um, there are people, um, for example, here in the Hadith, they use the U, Muhammad, and there in, and Muhammad is the normal English uh, with O. So so sorry for that. Uh, it's the same person. Okay, it's the same person. And, and not only that, not only is the same person, Katrina, but the point is that um, they, they adopt the name Mohammedans, uh, like being followers of the messenger of Allah. Because remember the Jahada, um, we do not have any other God than Allah and Mohammed, uh, his prophet. So it's part of the faith, fundamental point of faith for, for them. Karen, I'm going to move forward with, with this. So, um, um, in the, in the, yeah, I guess you, you, you have the idea of the, um, of the topic of the Hadith. Just, um, let me clarify this Sahih al-Bukhari. The Arabic word, this Sahih, is this one. Um, I, I don't have all the, the accents and, and things to put, you know, or to write um, doing the transliteration. But Sahih means authentic or correct um, version of the tradition. But the name of the person is Al-Bukhari. When, uh, when you are going to find the hadiths, all of them, the true ones, say Sahih. Is um, you um, you know you know the background of the word um, sincerity. You know the the background of the word sincerity. The the ba the background of the word sincerity comes from Latin, that means sine sera. And for me, it's quite interesting because Latin and Italian is fluent. And sinesera means without wax. So when, when the aircraft were doing something pure with no um, wrong, you know, movements in the hands and to hurt in certain things, uh, the wood with, um, they were performing something and it was perfectly done, they put uh, underneath sine sera. That means it was perfectly done. 
It's, it's the correct work. That is the meaning. And from that comes the word sincerity that we use in English and we have in Spanish, by the way. Sinceridad, um, I, I, we, we have in both, in both languages. And that is the meaning of this, the sahih. That is the authentic. Uh, no corruptions in the transmission of the hadith. Why? Because there is a lot of verbal transmission in the society. And it's important to take in account that because sometimes verbal tradition, um, remember that this was something that in the Middle East, that was something that were connecting different generations. Uh, I don't know if how many of you uh, had a, a grandfather or great-grandfather that every time that you visit, he's telling a story. And he's telling the story. And he's telling the story. And he's telling the story. At the end, you remember the story. And when somebody in the family tried to change that, he said, no, 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 no. Grandfather says this. And you are going to repeat uh, ad verbatim what says. You remember that. How many of you remember that kind of stuff? I, 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 I do have that. And Italian um, people, they, they try to keep. That, that is the kind of meaning of the hadith. Um, when I, when I, this, is the, this is the big change in my presentation regarding the Islam from about, what, maybe 10, 15 years ago. Because now I am seeing the perception that is very clear from the Quran and the Hadith regarding violence. And, uh, and, and this is the question. Is this a fighting faith? This is the Shura 9, and the, and the Quran commands the Muslim to go and fight all unbelievers. Unbelievers, fight, says. Those who believe not in God, not in the last day, nor hold that forbidden which had been forbidden by God and his apostle, that is Mohammed, nor acknowledge the religion of truth, even if they are of the people of the book. Who is this people? Jewish and Christians. Until they pay the shizia with willing submission and feel themselves subdue. I, I don't know, I, I, can, I can talk a lot about this, but this is per se telling something that is, what is the mission? In the mission, it's a jihad. It's very clear. Because it's a fighting belief. And, and, and the above, um, this quotation, emphatically exhorts Muslims to conquer the following groups of people until they pay a sum of money, the tax, as a sign of their subjection and humiliation. Look, that, that is a kind of um, feeling. Uh, uh, I don't know, but when, when, you, when you read these kind of things, and coming from a book of faith, you are feeling something of that is 
burning in the heart, you know. I, I don't know if I, my, my French um, spirit of fighting for freedom here is a kind of rebellion, but uh, that is critical. Atheists, agnostics, those who believe not in God, nor in the last days, are involved, Jews and Christians, people of the book, everyone else, Hindus, magicians, Buddhists, since this group do not prohibit what Muhammad forbade, nor believe in Islam, they so-called the religion of truth. That is, that is critical here. Uh, I am, I am, you know, um, um, in rebellion in certain sense of that kind of invitation of sus submission in the Islam. When George Bush um, introduced and spoke after. Um, the attack to, of, of the Twin Towers on September 11, all the attacks, they, um, he used the expression, the religion of peace. By the way, I, yesterday I, I received a, a suggestion. I, I've been in, um, in, in, in touch with this website. I recommend you to be touched with www.thereligionofpeace.com. Uh, Make sure you put in the, the word the. Because if you forget the word the and go to religionofpeace.com, it goes to an official Muslim website. Oh yes, they are they are trying to yeah, so to sure to change the, the yeah uh, yes and uh, and something that that they are keeping is how they are attacking the Western society and those who are not member of the Muslims and they are keeping record of that and you know <coughs> let me let me share with you. That, um, that this is, they are going to put, and you are going to find in the, in the left side, in the left side, you are going to find this information, uh, and these are the dates, and, and you see here, everything is changing. Attacks in, in February, uh, 43, attacks in May, 54 killed, 344, 362 injured, 600 injured um, in, in, in this date, this amount of people, suicide, blast countries, and so on. Total Islamic attacks here, um, uh, 30,357, uh, and here, 30,926. 30, this is incredible. This is, this is an incredible record. So I, I, am, I am concerned with this. I am concerned because, um, as I mentioned um, the days uh, before, um, let me let me say something. Wait, don't provide a chair for it. Okay. Um, I mentioned the days. I, I don't remember if it was Monday. Um, I mentioned here that I'm concerned because this group is growing in their influence here. And is 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 a, a very growing group, and sometimes I'm concerned because these are not uh, false teachings that I'm sharing with you. This is coming from from the the book of them that is the Quran, and it's coming from the Hadiths. And uh, think about I've, I've been reflecting yesterday with um, this class. What is going to happen in the mind of a person? that every single day that is going to the mosque, 
is reviewing and listening this kind of invitation to hate the others. Here there is no conversion. There is not a change of behavior. There is no new creature. It is submission in the target of this teaching. This is, this is serious. And I don't know if several of you are going to be here, but um, I, I, am, I am going to, I don't know where I do have this, but at some point I, I would like to jump immediately to this because some of this is, um, is a point that is for me important. This is Ellen Shihuai teaching. Ellen Shihuai teaching regarding this. I am going to repeat in the following days and probably I'm going to take uh, this. Ellen Shihuai says in Desire of the Ages, page um, 287, one, that is the first paragraph. Every religion that wars against the sovereignty of God defrauds man of the glory which was his at the creation and which is to be restored to him in Christ. Look this, please. Every false religion teaches its adherents to be careless of human needs, sufferings, and rights. It, it is a powerful teaching here. Remember this, because this is, this is sharing probably the essence of this presentation. Every false religion teaches its adherents to be careless of human needs, sufferings, and rights. So my interpretation of this powerful teaching of Ellen G. White is that when you are watching a beheaden and there is silence in the Muslims, this, this is a false religion. There is not a human attitude of compassion, of love. And even when you say in the name of Allah, the most beneficent, and, and so on, that is rhetoric. That is rhetoric. Because it's in full contradiction of this that is essence in the interrelations of human beings. Every false religion teaches its utterance to be careless of human needs, sufferings, and rights. Let me tell you that that, that is... That is a, a powerful, powerful um, teaching of, of, of Ellen G. White regarding this uh, topic. And, um, and sometimes I think that I need to say more about this because um, that is, uh, that is um, um, you know, good to, to read and understand. Muslims sustain that the Quran was verbally given by Allah, God, to Muhammad, by Angel Gabriel, they call in Arabic, Gabriel is to us across 23 years from uh, December 22nd, 609 um, after Christ to 632 after Christ, ending in the year of Muhammad's death. 
So when, when we compare the Quran with the Bible, this is, this is important to take in account here, because the Bible is 66 documents. Quran is one. Um, 40 others, just one. Three languages, just one language. Diversity of countries, just one country. Across 1,600 years, just 20 years, and rejects paganism. And I am going to put this, absorb paganism. And I'm going to, to share with you some of my reflections. I don't know if today, but in the future today. Um, but I give you a hint regarding Kaaba, because in the essence of Kaaba, is telling you that probably the father of Mohammed was one of the guardians of Kaaba, first of place, in which they were worshiping a lot of uh, deities in the, in the Middle East. But um, before entering to that, um, my, my friend here, uh, Cindy, um, asked me if I'm going to, to teach or explain or say something about the abrogation doctrine. Uh, yes. Uh, this is a curious teaching. Uh, you are not going to find that in other, probably, in other movement uh, about this, the abrogation. The Quran teaches the abrogation doctrines, meaning that a new shura, revelation, or verses, abrogates older teachings in the same document. It applies to teachings from Moses to Jesus. It's quite interesting. Um, you, you can imagine reading the Bible and says, well, here we, we have um, abrogation teaching, so um, all, all what Jesus says is, is, is not meaningful for, for this time or the other. And this is the abrogation uh, shura. Um, and one of them is uh, 106 shura second. We do not abrogate a verse or cause it to be forgotten except that we, look this, and think about it, just, just think. We only believe in Allah that is one God, another, we, it's not French, merci, <laughs> it's not French, okay? <laughs> I, I do have a family that when when um, the, the husband landed in, in, in France um, uh, and, and, and she asked something, the answer came in French and said, we. Oui. And, and, and the husband said to her, what is we? Oui? And, uh, and she sent me a text from France and said, you know, they are asking me, what is we? We, 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 nous avons la tour du monde. Okay, we, plural. It's plural, and there are plural reference to Allah in the Quran. Think about, it's not the one, it's not, this is not the only one. There are several uh, revelations given in which there is a plural. So it's quite interesting, or not? Because here, it's a big, big contradiction, you know? Uh, especially because they deny the Trinity. And they deny the divinity of Jesus. And they deny the divinity <clears throat> of the Holy Spirit. And they don't mention about the concept of Father. They call Allah. But, by the way, I explained already in the beginning of today that 
that is the meaning of the name God. So that, oh, okay, this is in Spanish. No, don't worry. Sorry. No abrogamos un pasaje a causa para olvido. Oh, it says, um, then this is the same thing. So the problem with abrogation, it, uh, it is not, if the contradiction either be on Allah or on the prophet or on the angel or on the revelation, but in a flexible criteria subject to interpretation, there are two elements to count with. Quran is not written in chronological sequence. It's, it's important that when you are dealing with the Quran, all the surahs that you are reading are not put in a chronological sequence. So this, this is not a progressive advance in time we are reading that. It's important to take into account that. So the academic concept and popular belief are sometimes not in turn in the Islam. So the academics is going to say something and the popular beliefs that apply the Sharia in Pakistan, in the mountains, and, and in other places, they are not going to take care about this and, and that is concept. So the problem with the abrogation is this. By the way, this is the name. Every, every shura has a name. And this is, you, you see the name? Ultimatum. Ultimatum. What is the meaning of ultimatum? It's not, it's, is this a religion of peace? I will put a, a, an L in between. Please. And I'm changing the C for an S here. Please, this is not a religion of peace. Ultimatum, you know. It's, a, it's, it's critical regarding the abrogation concept and the jihad against infidels. It doesn't start with the traditional, in the name of Allah, the most beneficent and the most merciful. This is what advanced you. Expert Islam is sustained that Muhammad wrote in um, six, 631, a year before his death, after coming back to Mecca and with all his power. So ultimatum is the last shura given to the prophet and abrogates all revelations given before. It contains violence that abrogates all peaceful concepts given before and Allah revealed to finish for his name is ultimatum with control and limits and ordain to the faithful believers to fight against the people of the book if they do not embrace Islam or pay the tax. So fight is prohibited first, but then permitted in Surah uh, 2, 190, and then later is mandatory, the jihad. So this is the verse on the sword, abrogates and finish, 124 verses of tolerance, compassion, and peace. Cindy. That's why if, if any of you remember the, some of the videos from um, um, Bin Laden, whenever they would send out, he would first um, offer you the chance to convert because they're required by the Quran to first offer you the chance to convert. 
and once you they give you this offer and it's rejected, then you're fair game. You're no longer considered innocent because you've been given the opportunity to convert to Islam and it's been rejected, so now they can fight against you. But they cannot attack anyone and, and fight them and kill them until you've been give, offered a chance to convert to Islam. Thank you, Cindy. Next year, Cindy is going to be second teacher here. <laughs> good, good. This is right. It's right. And, and that, that, is, uh, that is a good sign, you know. You have an option. <laughs> <laughs> but, but only if you're, you're only given the chance to become a dimmy and pay the jizya. Yes. If you're Jewish or Christian. If yes. you are anything other than people of the book, it's convert or die. Yes. So those are the only there are no, no other options. No other options. So you... Well, what about the bombings and stuff like that? And those people won't give them an opportunity. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it doesn't have to be immediately before it. Any time that... That's why, like I said, Bin Laden, every time he would send out a video, he would give you the, you know, please convert to... You know, Please accept the Quran and Katrina? I, I just want to know, does the Quran say anything about uh, in there about uh, there's a Muhammad at my work and he asked me if I was a Jew and I said no. I said why? And he said because I noticed that you go to church on on Saturday. And he said, um, you know the Jewish go to church on Saturday. And I said yes, I know. And then um, he walked over to the next aisle where he was working and I was really talking to Ishmael. And he says to him, he says, uh, you know, it's in the Quran, he says that uh, we kill the Saturday going Christians first. I wonder if I heard that right. <laughs> no, the Quran, the Quran mentioned Sabbath, by the way. I mentioned uh, the Sabbath. And uh, I'm going to show you tomorrow, I guess, in, uh, in, in a comparison regarding uh, teachings from the Bible and the Quran. And uh, there is a mention of, and of the Sabbath, probably... Is a kind of fiction slash situation in which uh, you can guess a little bit, be surprised. Um, but um, I'm going to do a mention about that. So let me let me finish today uh, quoting something that is important here, because um, because we do have a lot of transmission um, in the in the case of the Bible. Okay, when you go to the Old Testament or to the New Testament, Hebrew, Aramaic in the Old Testament, Greek in the New Testament, when you get one of the special Bibles or versions in Hebrew, Aramaic for the Old Testament and Greek in the New Testament, there is a kind of a critical apparatus under each page in which they are going to, to, to show you variances of the Bible. And, and you, are, you might be able to, to follow 
kind of transmission of the text of the Bible. By the way, here in, um, in Michigan, in Michigan University, there are copies of an early version of the book of John, 125 after Christ. That is very early manuscript that is in the University of Michigan. But in the case of the Quran, there is not that kind of transmission. And that is important because there were some sections, and I'm going to mention tomorrow, I'm not having time to today, about the satanic verses that um, were in the Quran, and they deleted, but remain as a notice of part of a topic that is in the, in the Hadith, in which the Prophet, according to their tradition, and the Hadiths, early Hadiths, um, under the influence of Satan, um, put in the Quran um, to, to worship the, the, the three goddesses that were daughters of Allah. Um, and, and it's quite interesting that. I, I'm going to do a mention about this. In, in Quran background, there is no papyrus, no parchments, no codex, no manuscripts uh, to give testimony about the textual transmission of variants across the history. And this is important to take into account because in the Bible, you are going to have that. Even you have, if you have some times of doubt and you say, well, show me that Shabbat is in the New Testament, for example. Show me that. Um, I, I will... I will tell some, you know what I say with some people? Even Sunday in the New Testament, to say that in Greek, you need, you, you need to mention the Shabbat. Because in the original Greek, the Sunday is called Mian Ton Sabaton. First of the Sabbaths. First of the Sabbaths. So you have evidence. And here, we don't. And that is part of the problem. In general, it's accepted that Muhammad did not write the last version of the Quran. So there is a crisis of chronology and transmission in the text in the background of Islam. And tomorrow, we are going to be dealing with uh, satanic verses and uh, explanation and the Quran problems and contradictions between the Quran and the Bible and contradictions in between inside the Quran. And that is, that is my target for tomorrow. Thank you for coming. God bless you and see you tomorrow. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.